0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast. I am one of your hosts, John, and with me still, because we're actually doing this back-to-back uh, recording sessions, is Daniel Terry. How are you still doing?
1: I'm still doing great, man. I've had some space dust, so I'm, I'm I'm in my happy place, I'd like to say, in my creepy basement with my creepy couch and my Godzilla posters. I love it.
0: I uh, just finished the KBS uh, Maple Mackinac Fudge uh, from the last episode with Red Beach. And I'm about to try this Rojo. Uh, I don't know what it is. Uh, Mark from uh, Nothing More sent me this in one of his packs of beer that he sent me. And uh, I assume it's going to be a sour. It looks like a tart. It's uh, kind of got a ruby red flavor, ruby Rojo, if you're into, you know, rancid. Um, so let's let's figure out what this is together, shall we? Mm made such a good
1: splash sound on the oh that was so great. I feel like I'm really it's, tasting it with you.
0: It's not really a sour, but it's definitely tart. I get a I feel like I get a little bit of vanilla in there and like cherry. Interesting. It's definitely some kind of a what the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely like a cherry or something. That's interesting. I don't I actually don't mind that. It almost doesn't really taste like a beer so much, or it almost is like a cider-esque kind of uh, a flavor, like a little bit sweet, kind of bubbly. That's um, yeah, interesting. I'll have to uh, send him a text to be like, so what the fuck is this again? <laughs> it's half the fun yeah. of trying new beers sometimes when you get some of these things. You're like, what is this?
1: Yeah, seriously. It's like, what, what, what is going on here? Um, I can't do the sours, man. I, I thought I liked sours for a while, but every sour beer that I've tried has just tasted like ground-up Smarties.
0: See the it thing for me is never hits
1: the way it should.
0: Yeah, I typically am not a sour fan either. There's there's been a few that Marcus sent to me that uh, I've actually enjoyed. Um, I know he's a big sour and like a goza fan. Like I actually sent him a photo today of uh, a. Yeah think it was the royal oak brewing put out a cranberry goza mm. and i sent him a photo of that and he was like sounds delicious and i was like yeah i figured that'd be up your alley i looked at that and i was like gross <laughs> like cranberry eh. i almost actually picked up a uh, um a peppermint porter uh that sounded really interesting and uh yeah i'm kind of looking forward to the the christmas flavors you know i know in the last episode we talked about the the rochester mills uh Holiday pack that I picked up with the milkshake IPAs, not milkshake IPAs, the milkshake stouts, and uh, definitely one of those things where the peppermint starts coming out in a lot more beer. Um, Mark actually had found and sent me a photo of a pumpkin porter, and I'm I'm pretty big like in the pumpkin beer season when that's the the season. I don't think I've ever encountered a pumpkin porter in any of my beer trying during that yeah. season. Have you? Have you ever found one?
1: No, I've never had a pumpkin porter. Um,
0: How do you think that would be? Really heavy. Um, like I feel like the sweetness would almost kind of offset the the heaviness of the porter flavor. I don't know. I'm um, pretty yeah, intrigued. It sounds to me,
1: like I mean, porters, as we all know, were like the Black Sabbath of beer, right? So like thick and sludgy. thick thick and sludgy and you love it but like if you listen to it too long you kind of fall asleep you know so like um it's a good it's a good falling asleep but like yeah i i don't i'm really not sure like would drinking a pumpkin porter be like eating too much pumpkin pie
0: so speaking to that uh randomly i was at target the other day and uh was looking for my wife who said she was going to be in this section of the store and definitely was not and i happened to see uh i uh, ben and Jerry's makes like uh, ice cream bites, like dough bites or something. Interesting. I don't know if you, I don't know if you've seen those, but I saw one and I was like kind of looking at it, and then I happened to look at this pretty bare shelf where there was like three little pints left, and one was a pumpkin cheesecake. Ben and Jerry's, huh? and i picked that up going like all right this will probably be really good took a bite of it holy shit it is fucking delicious secondly if you happen to have a thing called freddy's anywhere whoever is listening or dan uh it's basically like a culver's but not culver's um so yeah, we don't sort have of that same.
1: here we have we yeah.
0: have just culver's Okay, so basically it's like Culver's. It's an offshoot of the same thing, Um, but they have these things called concretes, which are basically like a a blizzard-esque kind of thing, and they had one when Bridge and I had an off day together uh, that was a pumpkin pie one complete with little pie pieces in it, and that was fucking delicious. And I was like, I shouldn't be eating this at 11, 11 a.m. with my lunch, but fuck it.
1: <laughs> Sorry, it's just so funny funny to me to hear you explaining to the listeners what concretes are.
0: <laughs> well, I'd never heard of that phrase.
1: Really? Is that regional? I wonder. I don't know. Um, we have concretes. Yeah, I mean, concretes have existed Pretty much. And of course, we're not talking about roadways here, uh, <laughs> but like actual like ice
0: cream. Um, is it ice cream or is it a custard? That was the other thing, Bridget and I kept talking about. We're like, is it concrete? Like, what
1: is it? It's a custard. I mean, it, it could be either or. It's more, okay. it's more a custard. It depends on where you go. So like, uh, okay. like Ted, like Ted Drew's uh, here in St. Louis um, is very famous for having, for having custards or custard concretes and stuff. Um, we even call them concretes. E- even dairy cream, even dairy queen, is calling them concretes for a while there hmm. um so that's very interesting I, I had no idea that that was a maybe more of a midwest thing yeah i um, don't know because i mean we use it we use it like interchangeably with any kind of ice cream treat so like a blizzard uh, a blizzard from dairy queen is a concrete you know oh, okay yeah it's 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 i mean typically it's got to be something that has like chunky bits in it you know yeah uh, okay. like that but yeah that's that's interesting that's i learned a new thing tonight.
0: That's what we're here to do on the podcast, is tell you about delicious things, whether they're healthy for you or not. <laughs> we should tell people about Killer Be Killed. It's awesome. Dude. So obviously, if you're tuning in, you've already seen who the guest is. It's Ben Collar. Ben Kohler. Again, regionally, depends on how you want to say it. So I'll just appease either dialect. Uh, I don't know how West Coasters would say it, but here in the Midwest or East Coast, that's roughly how you're going to say it. You'll hear all about that. But uh drummer for mutoid man converge and killer be killed which is actually why he's on the show to talk about their upcoming record reluctant hero out november 20th via nuclear blast records man this is a fucking killer record um something dan and i have been saying and i think i sent a facebook and a tweet out about this um there wasn't gonna be a whole lot of metal on my top 10 records uh this year honestly um you i kind of I steered my top five in that direction as best I could when we did that conversation with the Lightworker dudes. Um, but I got to say, 2020 is ending super strong with some really phenomenal releases. Um, I'm really sorry that people don't get to hear these records like the New Hate Breed, the Dark Tranquility, this Killer Be Killed record i mean jesus christ all of these most of these actually have ended up in dance uh you know top records of this year uh i honestly think this is gonna be in my top 10 it might even sneak into if i'm gonna be you know actually ranking records this might be in my top five this is it's that good it's a yeah
1: my my top 10 would have changed significantly had i heard this record before we did that
0: <laughs> yeah um i think the thing if you're not familiar with killer be killed it is a quote unquote super group it has troy sanders from mastodon uh greg from dillinger Escape plan max cavalier from Soulfly. ben's now in the band he didn't do the first record but he was the touring drummer for this after the record was released i really liked the first record and what was kind of interesting is leading up to us getting this this interview opportunity uh, i had really been revisiting the killer be killed rec- first record and was like fuck man this record's so good and just I, I didn't know if we'd ever get another one um so it was kind of surprising when this came through our email and i was like fuck like this is great because like i've been really in a killer be killed mood uh, as of late And I'm interested to see where the band picks up, you know, all these years later and the thing. And I say it right away, but it's it can't be understated this. And actually, this just made news today as of when we're recording that both Troy and Greg echo the sentiments I say to Ben, where I'm like, this record feels more cohesive than the last record as a whole. And in some cases, some of the last couple of records that some of these other bands have put out together.
1: It's almost like, because um, we all we all know about the local super group, right? You know how you take a bunch of local bands and you put them together and you make the local super group, and then that band's in, ends up becoming popular, and nobody ever hears about the bands that the those other guys were in. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like, um, but like, yeah, Killer Be Killed is like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of these guys. Especially like Greg from Dillinger, you know, like, I don't know, it's almost like, like, like starting over to an extent. And so like their best stuff is just, is just right out there.
0: Yeah, this killer be killed record is is stupidly good. Uh, I'm, you know, that first song straight out the gate out of the record. I was like, this could, I mean, if this doesn't sell you on wanting to hear the rest of the record, then I don't know what will The twists and turns that it takes, like I said, it feels more cohesive in the fact that it feels like a band who kind of is playing off of a lot of the influences, which I mean, shit between Mastodon and Soulfly and Dillinger Escape Plan, I mean, you could just go in a million directions and then throw in Convergent Mutoid, man, and you're really just going all over the place. But I mean, like I saw like even the last song, like I was saying, Reluctant Hero. I mean, I didn't see that song coming uh it's a really kind of weird brooding song that kind of takes you, you know, a lot of different directions and when it the way that it ends the record you're just kind of like huh again well,
1: <laughs> and you know what it reminds me of too and it's not even um it's not even like musically similar but uh i haven't been this excited about a super group since united nations even though united nations technically wasn't allowed to tell us who was in the band but um it was very obvious um, <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, I haven't been this excited about a super group type project because typically I don't take bands like this seriously, if I'm being honest. Um, it might be cool, you know, uh, a lot of the time, but usually it just ends up being a whole bunch of dudes that are in established bands competing for the limelight. Uh, whereas with this band, it sounds like a brand new band, like a yeah. brand new band. And, and, and that's, that's what I love about it is, you know, you sure you have familiar vocals, you know, with Greg and, and all that, but like it's, it's awesome. I don't even know how else to explain it. It's just it—it it makes me super happy.
0: We've already blabbed long enough on this, uh, so let's get into my conversation with Ben from Killer Be Killed, and we'll talk to you on the other side of it. Ben? Yes, yeah, this is Ben. Uh, yeah, can you, can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, I can hear you. Just making sure that maybe there's not a
2: delay. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, sometimes there is, and sometimes these AirPods can be a little temperamental. So.
0: Okay. Well, worst case, if I uh, accidentally cut you off, I'll, I'll apologize now ahead of time.
2: <laughs> yeah, same, same here. Well, you sound nice and clear to me, so.
0: Well, I would hope so. I mean, that's half the fun of spending all this money on quote unquote nice gear is you hope it sounds good.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm oh like, yeah, gear has been a struggle for the past seven months for me, for sure trying to do all the remote you know quarantine type shit
0: yeah yeah it's uh this i mean this whole thing has just been a fucking nightmare for everyone in the in the industry depending on if you're doing it from my perspective of you know trying to get people and you know lock them down or from your perspective of probably having to reco- record remotely or doing whatever it is uh, that everyone's doing currently so been a real clusterfuck
2: yeah it's ridiculous
0: <laughs> well'll i get right into it so I don't take up too much of your uh, your afternoon there cool cool and it is collar right or
2: Kohler uh Kohler yeah like uh like coals on the yeah on the grill
0: see that's the problem is I grew up in the east coast but I live in the midwest so now like my vowels I'm really unsure of how to pronounce things because either co like version of where I've lived has informed me of how I should say it
2: yeah you know i I guess you can just use your your local dialect and just go with it and <laughs> stick to it right like uh like I find myself reverting to to Massachusetts speak often, oh. you know, and, and instead of, you know, uh, if someone's talking about Pakistan, you know, I say, fucking mm. Pakistan, dude, like <laughs> Pakistan.
0: I just had to go back to Delaware for, for a funeral uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I grew up in Delaware. That's where I'm originally from. And... It probably took me half a day uh, to start, you know, falling back into some of my East Coast-isms and so forth. And, you know, I, I draw the line at saying wooder and roof and all that kind of stuff. But the one that always gives me away is uh, when you say ass or, you know, you kind of like get a couple drinks in me and some of it comes out.
2: Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. Once you go back, it, it, it just it just happens. I mean, for me, it happens like instantly, especially if I'm around someone with like a real thick like a real thick Massachusetts back then. It's just, and it's fun. It's fun talking like that. I mean, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Like, have you seen the Casey Affleck Dunkin' Donuts skit on SNL? Oh yeah. <laughs> it's just like talking like that. Is a, it, it's, it's amazing. And if you, if you, if you have that in you, you just, you feel like you need to let it out, you know? So, so, Del- mm-hmm. so like water, is it that that's, that's a Delaware thing? Water?
0: I guess, you know, like, uh, cause it's really funny. Cause like my wife has you know, lived in Michigan her whole life. And when we you know, when I've gone back or like when I've had to visit, you know, my mom's side of the family over there, it always kind of turns into uh, this thing where she's like, why does it feel like so Southern down here? And I was like, I don't know, but like sweet teas, like real big, like almost like, you know, so like a pound of sugar in it and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, like it gets kind of really Southern, you know, people will say like water and, and roof and stuff like that. And you know, then, you know, even going, it, it's so weird. Cause I've talked about how I don't feel like there's, you know, the further away from East you go, you don't necessarily get as many di dialects in one area, but I mean, think about how, you know, Massachusetts people talk, you got the Philly accent, you got, you know, all these kind of different dialects, in such a small like hours drive away from each other and it's really kind of interesting sometimes when you when you start noticing it and swearing is almost just like uh, a paint or like art form in and of itself when you get down there
2: (laughs) oh absolutely yeah i mean that's one thing about touring the u.s for so long and just seeing all the 50 states is it, it really is just so different it's like it is like 50 countries and it's just so funny the little differences that people choose to to take on you know, like in Ma- like the Dunkin' Donuts thing in Massachusetts. Like, what the fuck is like? What is that? Like, why does everyone like Dunkin' Donuts so much? And why are there so many? Like, it just it doesn't really make any sense to me. It's just it's just a thing. It's just how it is there. Like you said, the sweet tea. Like in some places, people are just fucking obsessed with sweet tea. Or like in New Jersey, it's like Wawa. Oh yeah, dude. Oh Wawa. dude, I'm a Good huge Wawa, Wawa fan. Food. Like I love Wawa.
0: I have a Wawa tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> Do you? Real I do. I have a giant Wawa like across my uh, left forearm.
2: Amazing. I would get a Wawa tattoo for sure. <laughs> hey,
0: you know what? And I, I always joke with people because like band people, you know, they're kind of divided. It's either you're into Bucky's, you're into sheets, or you're into Wawa. And it's one of those things where I legitimately think the only thing people like about uh, sheets is the boom boom sauce. And people aren't, you know, they just don't want to admit it.
2: Ooh, boom boom sauce. I don't know about boom boom sauce. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they all have their merits, right? I mean, Bucky's is incredible. That is a that is a great place.
0: But uh, (laughs) I feel like we could just go on and on about East Coast stuff. I will say one thing, too, that, you know, you just kind of reminded me of, uh, because I was telling my wife, you know, who I was talking to. And I was like, oh, it's a fellow East Coaster. I was like, I don't know if, uh," you know, I've never heard to him referred by, you know, friends in the industry or anything as like a mass hole. But like, I definitely have mass hole friends. And she's like, yeah, I remember the first time you said that. And I was like, what the fuck is a mass hole? And I was like, that's just a term of endearment for people down in mass.
2: (laughs) Yep. Yep. And like being out in California, you know, if, if, if someone sees you with a, you know, a Red Sox hat and they're from, and they're from Boston or from Massachusetts, like most of the time they just have to come up and be like, fuck yes, Boston. Like, yep. Masshole. And like, you know, we, we have, we have to recognize each other and just give a little shout out every time, you know, Massachusetts license plate, just give a little nod like, fuck yeah." (laughs) Absolutely.
0: Well, uh, you know, I know he'll have you for a little bit longer. Um, Have the pleasure of talking to Ben Kohler, Kohler, depending on how and where you're from. That'll be how you pronounce it. Um, A lot of you probably are aware of him for being the drummer for Mutoid Man, Converge, but we're here today to talk about the new Killer Be Killed record, Reluctant Hero, which is out November 20th via Nuclear Blast Records. I gotta say, I have been looking forward to this record for a very long time, and I have to say that there is just... Something about this record that immediately upon starting deconstruction, self destruction, that just feels more cohesive than the last record. Um, was this kind of maybe a byproduct of you guys maybe spending more time with each other, or just kind of growing your connections with each other uh, since the first record came out?
2: Uh, yeah, um, thanks, man. I'm very excited about it too. It's been it's been a long time you know, a long time, we spent a long, really long time making this record and it's finally happening. I'm so stoked. But yeah, I mean, we, you know, we did one tour together in, in 2015 in Australia when I was just filling in and um, just the vibe was, was really good. Um, you know, personally and, and musically, we, we just, um, you know, fit together very well. And I think after that tour, we knew that, you know, we, we wanted to do more and that, that kind of, you know, was, was the spark that, lit the fire under our ass to get this to get this record going. But, you know, it took that long to get it all together because we're so busy with our other bands and we're all over the country. And so we had to do it in these little piecemeal sessions where, you know, we'd get together in Phoenix at, at Max's rehearsal space, or, you know, Greg and I would get together in LA for a couple of days. And, and then we'd all get together in LA and, and, and you know, just sort of whenever we had time, we would all just meet somewhere and to get together. Because with this band, we it was really all about being in the room and and feeding off of each other, you know, very, very fun, very vibe oriented. And that's how we had to get the songs done, you know, so we couldn't like write the songs remotely where, you know, Greg, Greg just had an entire song mapped out and said, OK, here's the song. And then we go in the studio and we just record it. It wasn't like that at all. You know, we needed to really work it out together in a room. And I think that's one of the reasons why it, it took such a long time. But it's finally here. It's finally done. I'm so pumped on it. Like I couldn't be happier with it. I wouldn't change a thing. Yeah, very stoked.
0: It's, it's a really great record, and I really do feel like it has that live-in-the-room kind of feel to it. Like, these songs have been worked on, and there's just a... It's a little bit more tighter, but while also being a little bit more loose, if that makes any sense. And I just, you know, it's interesting, as I kind of kept thinking about it, It's like it reminds me of a lot of the records that I feel like the everyone in the band has collectively made over the years because you know you guys are all have been in the industry for so long and have kind of come up when you had to record things together and it wasn't like a yeah i'll send you my part or i'm going to the studio this day it was a let's all get in there and kind of work together and, and make a collaborative effort to put out a solid album
2: yeah for sure it, it's it's very much a culmination of you know all of our tastes all of our influences and also um you know i but just liking each other's bands as well and knowing you know what each other's strengths are based on what we know about each other musically and so it all just felt very natural and there was no there was no filter like oh this is too this sounds too rock or this sounds too like i don't know this sounds too new metal or this sounds too death metal or whatever like it was very much just play whatever the fuck we want because it's fun and it doesn't matter that one song kind of sounds like You know, Judas Priest and AC/DC meet Smashing Pumpkins, and then this song sounds like Deftones meets Slayer or something like that. Like it was just kind of what, like, do whatever, and we just worked it out, you know, that way.
0: You know, you had kind of talked a little bit ago uh, about how you came on after the first record had already been recorded. So, kind of wondering, you know, you kind of. You know, knowing the guys and kind of maybe coming on not quote unquote as a fan, but just kind of as someone who you know liked the material and wanted to be a part of this, did you kind of want to bring something a little different drumming wise uh, to the table that maybe wasn't expressed on the the previous uh, album?
2: um yeah, you know i I didn't want to I didn't want to like pretend to be something I'm not or anything. you know I wanted to just you know do sort of what I do, and I think that's why the guys you know brought me on because you know they they sort of know my style and 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 what I'm like and so I just tried to you know bring bring my whole vibe to the table and on the first record it was um really really tough to to fill those shoes with Dave Elitch so I did my best and you know learned the parts not note for note but learned the the structure and then sort of brought my own thing to it you know because you know we're just you know every drummer's different and so I, I, I just tried to bring you know, my my own sort of style to this record, and we all seem to get along really well musically, so I think it worked out nicely.
0: Yeah, kind of speaking to something, you know, as you sort of hinted at a little bit ago, um, the title track itself, I think, has a, is a really cool song to end the record on and really showcases a really different side of the band that we haven't really heard at the time. Um, do you have kind of a, an interesting story of how that song came to be?
2: Yeah, um, that song... Um was one of the last songs that came together that one was sort of um written in the studio. It was um a sort of a basic basic idea and structure that that troy had, and it was one of those things where we didn't even know if if it was going to make it on the record and Once we started noodling around with it in the studio we we started to realize that we you know we needed to arrange this and we needed to make it happen and so it mostly came together, just you know acoustic guitars, you know quiet some quiet jamming in the studio and then piecing it together, you know, in the, in the control room and, and in the live room. And yeah, I thought it came out really great. And I think um, like a lot of other songs on the record, you know, vocally, I, I feel like the guys really took, took a lot more chances than maybe they usually would in their other bands. And that was really cool to see. And, really really surprising to me
0: yeah it was the, upon first listen i was just kind of like you know especially after <laughs> where some of the you know you have animus which is like a <laughs> is what it is you know just a, a one minute kind of song and so as you're kind of getting to the end of the record and you see like oh there's just like a six minute song and you know from a crowded wound also is kind of a longer song as well it's just kind of like okay where is this going you know because the record kind of takes you all over so the way it starts and kind of how it ends and just how it ends the record is just kind of like wow that's a really Interesting, cool way to end the record and kind of has me interested to see, you know, whenever the next record or whatever you guys do comes out to see if maybe that informs you guys to take some more risks kind of going in something in that that territory.
2: Yeah, for sure. And that, that that's the closest uh, thing to, a, I think, a power ballad that I've ever been a <laughs> part of. So I was super, super stoked on that. Yeah, good way to end the record. Nice, you know, epic, cathartic, you know, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, I mean, the, the record definitely goes in a bunch of different directions, and I feel like that was, that was a nice way to just cap it off.
0: You know, in listening to this and seeing the the buzz, you know, basically about this album getting ready to come out and the few songs that have come out as of when we're recording, you know, the, the term quote-unquote supergroup keeps getting thrown around, obviously, given the pedigree of who's in the band. And, you know, the thing that's kind of interesting about it is I feel like Unlike a lot of those other bands that you hear from so much of, well, you know, we'd love to do it again, we just don't have the time. And you keep seeing these news articles popping up, and you're like, well, what the fuck is the point of talking about it when nothing's going on? And adversely, you- everyone in the band did the exact opposite. Like no, none of us knew that this was coming until you basically had the record done and you were ready to share it with everyone. Was that a very collective idea of just letting the music speak for itself versus doing years and years of lip service with nothing to show for it?
2: Yeah, and it, it, and it was especially important to to sort of keep it secret for a while because we really had no idea when it would be um, that, that we would finish it. And so the thinking was that, you know, we don't. We don't want to start talking about this, you know, in, in 2017 when we don't know if it's going to come out until 2021 or 2020 or or whenever. And so we just thought, let's just take it at our own pace. We we don't we don't have anyone to answer to. We don't have any deadlines. We know that we're all busy. We're gonna we're gonna get to this when we can and when it's when it's ready when it's done. Then then we'll sort of unleash it. And so yeah, that that was that was that was the plan.
0: It just it's it's a really kind of refreshing uh to actually not put the the cart before the horse uh so to speak in that realm or that situation so it's just refreshing like i said that it was like oh I, instead of you guys being like oh you know we're, we're working and it'll come out whenever it comes out it's like no we're done here it is and now we can talk about it and it's like oh that's so nice
2: <laughs> yeah totally and, th- and now it's, it, it feels it feels good to be talking about it it feels right and yeah it, you know we we feel like we feel like a band now you know it doesn't feel like a project or a super group or whatever i mean i think that's just a a term that people throw around just because it's you know, people in other bands. I remember when I started Mutoid Man, they called it a super group. I'm like this this is just me and like my buddy Steve were jamming in Brooklyn in a practice space that's like the size of a shoebox. Like this this ain't <laughs> this ain't a super group, man. It's <laughs> like two this is like two dudes jamming, you know, it's not a super group. But yeah, it's just funny. That term is thrown around pretty loosely. Yeah and yeah,
0: I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> uh, you know, the guy uh, you recording with Josh Wilbur, who had, uh, I would say in the last handful of years has really become kind of one of the go-to producers for metal. Uh, obviously, working with Gojira and Lamb of God and kind of, you know, putting a, I hate to say a more polished sound on metal, but giving it, you know... I would almost say he's kind of become the Adam D, you know, of the last, you know, probably 10 years or so of the scene. How did you like working with Josh? And maybe what are some things that you uh, were able to take away with working from him?
2: Oh, I absolutely loved working with Josh. Um, You know, the the guys had a uh, a pretty positive experience with the first record. So they wanted to get him on board again. And I'm so glad they they did because he's... great he's a great producer he's a great engineer um he he works really quickly he's he's just so skilled with you know with with piecing things together and just hearing you know hearing the whole piece and knowing you know what should go where and having really great suggestions and and a lot of common references i was surprised um you know we we were talking about a drum film like i'm like oh what about this one he's like oh that's the snap case caboose film like dude (laughs) like yes like exactly. Like yeah, yeah, this fucking snapcase caboose, and that that kind of stuff really makes a big difference. It makes the process a lot smoother, you know, when when you have that that sort of common ground of of just like sort of knowing, the, you know, the 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 musical taste stuff and the reference stuff, and so yeah, I was blown away by Josh. I think he did such a great job. Really, really happy to have him on board.
0: Yeah, the record sounds great. No surprise, and I just kept as I kept listening to everything. I was like, everything just sounds so well mixed that there's nothing fighting for your attention as you're listening to it. It just sounds great, which is honestly sometimes not as easy as it would seem to be uh, when you know dealing with metal or you know in the subsequent other genres of it.
2: Yeah, for sure, it can be it can be it can be really hard to find um, you know space because everyone just really wants to you know have everything clipping in the red the whole time and you know. vocals overlapping vocals overlapping but you know the one line of the vocal starts before the last line ends and just everyone sort of playing over each other and overplaying and just you know mastering it in the red and it was really great even just in the room I mean the mixing like when it came time to mix we really didn't have to do much because just the sounds we got in the room were already fantastic you know he he had he had it dialed in so good in the studio so it was really painless and it it made it you know actually fun for a change because you know the recording process can be um a little unfun sometimes or you know painstaking painstaking you know start going a little crazy and you know long long days and this this really didn't feel like that it felt really natural and really fun
0: out of curiosity i know obviously like you said you had to kind of record this in various times how long did like how long do you think you actually spent tracking your drums for this because sometimes you hear people who are like yeah i banged out all my drum tracks and like two or three days and you're like, Jesus Christ.
2: Yeah. I think, um, the drum tracking took maybe, I think it was like a, you know, a day of getting sounds and maybe, you know, another, another five days of, of tracking. So it wasn't too bad. I mean, usually that that's usually how long it takes me to do a record is, you know, somewhere, somewhere around a week.
0: Yeah. I, um uh... Drum town ah, drum tones on the sound killer. So it was just like one of those where it's like, Oh, was this like a, you know, like, <clears throat> something that really blew my mind uh, was watching a seven dust documentary a long time ago, and seeing because you know, like Morgan, I think sound has a really great sound in the way he plays, you know, it's just his style. And I always thought Seven Dust has great drum sounds. And then watching a documentary, it was like, we're just doing the hi-hat, the kick, and the snare, and we're just kind of doing the song, and that's all we're doing. And I was like, holy shit, you know what I mean? That's not, like, what I'm hearing isn't just solely, like, him playing the full song as is. It's like, we're going to take little pieces and kind of work and build our way through the whole song and kind of give everything it's due. And I was like, that's seemingly not very common, but maybe that is something that a lot of people actually do, and I, you just don't hear about it as much.
2: Yeah, I think everyone has their process. And I usually like to trust the engineer uh, or the, you know, the producer, if they know the if they know the room and they know the gear. And so, you know, I had I had my Tama kit and then um, Josh had, you know, his his own sort of symbol selection that he knew sounded good. And so we just we went with like his selections for that. And it, it worked out perfectly because he just knew he knew the room and he knew it was sounded to good. It's like it's like the microphones and the, the sound of the room and the, you know, the different filters you put on it and the tuning and everything. If you know, if you know the gear and you know the room, then then uh, it's it, it's good to just trust, you know, trust the engineer and trust that he knows what he's doing. And so I, I think that worked out really good. Absolutely.
0: Um, kind of as we're slowly wrap it up. Um, you know, we've been seeing and hearing about a lot of bands getting really creative with the time that they now suddenly have. Um, you know, especially around album releases. I think literally today Seven Dust is going to be doing a live stream of their new record. Um, you know, with the album release still a little bit away as of when we recording, are you guys planning on doing something special for this release or is it just kind of going to be dropped and, you know, that's going to kind of be it?
2: Uh, you know, we're not really sure. We're kind of just playing it by ear. You know, now it's just just, you know, waiting for the release and, you know, doing, you know, doing press and stuff like this and, you know, just getting, getting behind the hype machine, um, so to speak. But we, I mean, we've, we've talked about some live stream stuff. Um, you know, we got together recently and shot a couple videos. So, you know, we do have some videos coming out. Um, but yeah, as, as far as live performance, you know, we just, we just don't know. Um, you know, we, we haven't, we haven't really talked about you know, a touring schedule or anything like that, just because we don't want to plan something and then have it not happen. You know, it's still, it's still not clear as to, as to when we can even plan to do stuff like that. But, you know, you could see, you could see some kind of live stream coming from us. Maybe one day we, we we don't really know. Just play it by ear for now. Yeah. I think that's
0: just kind of the interesting thing about, you know, this band in particular is, a lot of us have been clamoring to see you play in live and in, in some capacity at this point so it's just one of those where it's like you, like you said you only did like the australian tour uh which was very brief and so a lot of people are probably like itching to finally see you guys play and you know i'm interested to see you know because when the band played i was expecting it to be sort of akin to the uh how it was in the video where greg's playing guitar and singing and so forth and then you guys play and greg's a traditional frontman which was not what I was expecting uh at the time so it's just kind of interesting to see what the live will look like now uh if Greg will maybe play be more of a instrumentalist as well as a frontman kind of like what Chino does on occasion uh during their sets or whatever or if he's just solely going to be you know the frontman of the band and there'll be an ancillary musician playing with you guys
2: Yeah you know when we toured Australia we had we had our friend Juan Montoya playing guitar also so, you know, there, there were moments when, you know, Max was maybe supposed to be playing, but he just wanted to throw up his arms and, and scream at the crowd, and <laughs> so he could. And and so you had, you know, Juan playing the parts also, and if Greg felt like uh, throwing the guitar down and jumping in the crowd, he could. So, you know, it's it's possible we'd have, uh, you know, another guitarist just there to sort of fill up the space when, when the other guys want to go off and do their, you know, do their frontman thing. But um, nobody is more excited to go on tour than us. So as soon as it's clear, like, we... We definitely have plans to to get out there and play as you know as much as we're able with all the other bands and all the stuff we have going on. But yeah, definitely definitely plans to get out there ASAP.
0: Kind of uh, one of the last questions I have for you. You know, given that you know we are all currently in this pandemic and you know touring isn't really a thing, uh, currently. Um, you know, we're seeing a lot of people writing more and, and kind of coming out with uh, EPs and so forth. I just, you know, got an email that apparently Soilworks already got some new material. They're getting ready to come out with, um, you know, it's been a few years at this point since, you know, your two other bands converge or mutoid man have, you know, released some new music. Um, has this time given you some more time to work on anything new for either of those projects or maybe something entirely new altogether?
2: Yeah. Converge actually, we have um, a, a, a ton of stuff that, um, ready to go we just need to get in the studio and sort of hash it out um i i, th- I think right now i'm at the point where I, i'm just ready i'm just ready to i'm just ready to move on and start doing stuff because i'm 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 going crazy here you know not being able to tour and stuff so i'm ready to fly back to massachusetts and you know safely obviously and and, and get some stuff done so converge has stuff mutoid man basically has a whole record ready to go and we just have to get in the studio find, it, find the time but you know it's 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 a weird time and you know there's a lot of weird weird life stuff going on and yeah it's 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 just very strange. Uh, I'm I mean I'm I'm definitely stoked to to record stuff but yeah it's just a, it's it's a really weird time right now. But yeah expect expect new material, it's coming maybe slowly but it's coming
0: (laughs) yeah it's just been one of those things where you know like i said you're seeing you know some people like every time i die you know have a record and they're just very adamant about not putting it out until they can tour behind it which totally understandable then you've seen bands like you know i just talked to frank from hate breed yesterday and you know they pushed their record back hoping that tours would continue and that they could put out the record and then tour behind it so you're kind of just seeing a lot of different you know mindsets of how to traverse this un- uncharted territory that we're all kind of in, where it's like, well, do you release something? And then if it does, and it quote-unquote doesn't do well because people don't have the money or are just, you know, hey, I got this new record and now I'm already over it. Like, now the next thing. Like, what is the quote-unquote right way to do something? And and it's been interesting to kind of talk to some of the musicians and industry people and being like, well, how how are you guys doing this? And what what is kind of some of the behind-the-scenes conversations looking like to how to be as a during this, as you can,
2: yeah, it's 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 really bizarre, man. I've had all kinds of conversations with you know everyone everyone I work with, and all these different ideas have been thrown around over the past seven months. You know, I, I've I've had talks about this. You know, no latency jamming software that might be coming out, but you know that hasn't happened yet because it's you know the, the technology seemingly isn't quite there yet, so people can't really play live. You know, computer to computer, or you know, from east coast to west coast, for example with no latency. You know, I know a lot of people have been working on that. Um, I've talked to people who have had ideas for virtual festivals, which seemed like kind of a cool idea. Like you go and you go into a different room and there's a band playing, you know, like there's a pre-recorded stream. You can pay for that. And then there's like a virtual merch table, et cetera, et cetera. But I haven't really seen that pan out yet. I've talked to people who are working on like a video game, with a music festival inside the video game, and like all like all kinds of shit. But I mean, right now I'm just I'm just sort of ready to to just do as much as much as I can. You know, if that involves traveling, then 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 so be it. But I feel like the the waiting I don't know the like the waiting around game is just getting way too old for me, and I'm just ready to do as much as possible. You know, I've been doing these little collaborations here and there, doing a lot of two minutes to late night videos, um, starting 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 new like little new projects new bands and trying to write as much as i can remotely you know trying to uh record stuff in my uh rehearsal studio at at home on my electronic kit as best as as frustrating as it is um you know i'm just i'm just trying to do as much as i can whenever i can
0: yeah i think that's been the interesting thing uh during all of this i've did a bunch of traveling right before all this happened once a you know New Orleans, went to Vegas like in December-ish or around now-ish, and then New Orleans, and then went to Atlanta about like a month and a half ago, and then had to go back home, like I said, to Delaware for a funeral, and it's been kind of interesting to go to a couple of different areas and just kind of see how everyone's sort of dealing with this. Like, I think my time in Atlanta was pretty wild, because like they, I almost thought there was a, a ordinance that I hadn't heard of where everyone just had to wear masks straight up everywhere, like not even, like if you're just walking on the sidewalk, like people were had them on, which is pretty awesome to see. But then, you know, going back east and going to the beach and, you know, beaches were, you know, not super packed, but there are still people around trying to abide as much as you can with the, uh, you know, social distancing and so forth. And, you know, going to a couple restaurants where they're, you know, half capacity or whatever, but it's... I kind of get the feeling for myself uh, that it's just one of those where it's like if everyone just tries to use as much of the precautions as as possible in our implemented state to state and so forth, that eventually we just kind of need to start living the quote unquote new new normal and whatever kind of is going to happen is going to happen because I feel like you just can't just sit in your house all day, every day for a year or whatever. Like that's also not really healthy either.
2: No. Yeah. I I feel like this, this has, this has ruined a lot of people and ruined a lot of businesses. And to, to think that this could go on for another year. I mean, if you know, like, like we're at, you know, more cases per day than, than, than ever. Like it's basically like we're still at square one. And so what are people going to do with another year of this? I mean, it's just not, it's not possible to to go on like this. I mean, the 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 country will be absolutely destroyed if we if we try to if we try to keep this up. I mean, yeah, we have to you know go about our business, you know, safe you know safely, obviously. But I, I just I I don't know what would happen to people after another year of this. I mean, I think it would be de- like completely devastating.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think there's a conversation there that would be fun to have but that gets you know starting to get into uh realms where people get a little uncomfortable with uh some of the things you start talking about especially like i think one of my biggest things is like that has been you know my wife works in the pharmaceutical industry and at one point she was like why are some of these other countries getting a better handle on this than us and i go because the other countries don't have the different sections of politics the way we do where it's like okay in michigan our governor says this go to texas and they're completely different and you don't have that same kind of a structure somewhere else where it's like got one person, they say this and everyone to obliges for the most part. So that's sort of where it gets tricky for, for us as our, the U.S. I think.
2: Yeah, it, it, exactly. It's, it's kind of sad how, how divided we are, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. I, I think I'm getting another call for another, for another, for another podcast. So I'm sorry about that. Nope, but um, you're good. Yeah. Let's yeah. We won't, we won't get into it. <laughs>
0: yep. Well, and, uh real quickly, just to end it, where can everyone find you or the band and uh, we'll end it there.
2: Um, killerbekilled.com and, you know, we're on Instagram and Twitter and all that shit. So yeah, find, find, find us there and, you know, pre-order the record and, you know, we worked really, really hard on it for a long time and we're so excited for you to hear it.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks for uh, taking the time and enjoy the rest of your day oh yeah
2: thank you man it was fun all right cheers bye
0: so that was my conversation with ben kohler drummer for killer be killed uh again their upcoming record reluctant hero is out november 20th via nuclear blast records it is worth picking up so you still have time as of when this is dropping to pre-order the record do it it is that fucking good again i got it for free and then placed a pre-order for it so if i'm willing to part with my money uh when i already have it for free uh you should do the same. um Definitely support these bands, especially bands that may or may not, you know, come around very often. uh Obviously, this isn't anyone's full time project. So, uh, and especially given the the world we're in currently, I definitely don't want to uh say that the the window to see a killer to be killed uh, live stream or whatever, or see them live in general, is going to be slim and none. But Mastodon's already going in the studio. I think this week as of when we're recording, uh, I'm sure there's probably actually a new Soulfly record, probably about ready to drop at this point. Uh, I think it's been about two years since the last one.
1: Yeah. Once well, you get Mac back again. Yeah.
0: And uh, Greg already dropped his solo record. And as you heard, Ben said, there's pretty much new mutoid man and converge music ready to be recorded. It just has to be recorded. Um, I assume someone's going to pick that up. Um, so thanks for anyone listening to this after the fact um i'm excited actually i think to to see where converge goes in 2020 and or 2021 depending on when this music gets written i feel like jacob bannon is somebody and and i'll even say kurt as well who's also in uh, a super group now too that is true jacob yeah yeah he's in like two or three
1: <laughs> um, i'm talking about specifically the death metal one i don't remember what they're oh, called right now you know, the band I'm thinking of is uh definitely death metal.
0: Yeah. So obviously with those bands uh, potentially making some new music here to end the year and or being released in the next year, uh very much a lot to look forward to. Uh if you would like to keep up with Killer Be Killed, very simple. Facebook, Killer Be Killed, Instagram, Killer Be Killed. And guess what? Twitter, same, killer be killed. If you would like to keep up with Ben on Instagram, it is Benjamin Coller and Twitter at Ben Kohler. So pretty simple there. Um, pick up this record again November 20th, Nuclear Blast Records uh, This is, like I said Probably going to be in my top 10 Sounds like it's going to be in Dan's It would have been in Dan's top 5 if he had heard it at the time So, Oh my god,
1: right? It's so funny, too, because I left out the new hum record in my top five, <laughs> which is just like an absolute sin. For some reason, it just didn't enter my mind. I got so into talking about metal releases and doing a whole, nah, look at me. I get records before they come out. Yeah. But like, I can't pay my electric bill, you know, like that sort of stuff. Um, <laughs> like, what what good is getting the albums for free if you have no electricity to listen to them on any kind of device?
0: <laughs> well, you know. You just like a challenge is all I'm hearing.
1: Absolutely, man. Bring it on. Life, life, Let's go. Let's try it out.
0: And uh speaking of trying it out, let's try out where Dan can be found across the interwebs. And that would be
1: Well, I can be found on
0: discussmetal.com.
1: I can be found at uh twitch.tv slash Dan. I don't know if that'll take you right there or not. But like just search for Disgust Metal Dan. My dumb face will pop up. I'll be playing Doom. I'll be screaming at the screen. I'll be super, super upset. It'll be super dark in my creepy basement. You'll love it. But uh on top of that, I also do two other podcasts called discography discussion and discuss metal and they are at discuss com. so uh,
0: yeah you know th- th- there's plenty of me out there on the internet almost too much and if you would like to keep up with all things this podcast, it is simple enough, BruceBeakPod.com. That is the landing page for anything you would want to know about our podcast. And uh, you can find such things as some of our friends' podcasts, like Good Company with Bowling. You can find Daniel Terry and all of his other podcasts. You can find Talk To Me, which I don't know if Talk To Me is still going. Uh, I think it's now it's probably Sure. Um, I think drag the waters is actually the the new podcast thing. I don't know.
1: Yeah, he's three of the drag the waters. Shout out to Matt Nas and the Roach Coach podcast.
0: They're not two people like I thought they were. So
1: no, no, absolutely not. But I mean, if you want to get your new metal fix, man,
0: roach coach is where it's at. And uh last but not least, let's get into our sponsors. You can head over to the Bean Bastard and get you some awesome coffee. Uh if that is your thing. They have a brick and mortar down in the Buffalo, New York area that plays 80s, you know, movies. Uh, I think during this past uh, month, they were playing a lot of 80s uh, horror movies, which looked awesome. Um, Really big shout out to those guys. I really do need to try to get them to come on and and do something with us uh, for one of these because there's just the story. I mean, if you haven't gone and heard the uh, episode I did with uh, Nicholas Maruso from It Dies Today uh, about his sobriety and and basically at that time, the very, very beginnings of what would become the Bean Bastard. Um, So obviously lots to catch up on. Uh, and it's been crazy to see what they've done in my trip to buffalo uh they were just basically trying to find you know like they would go to uh craft uh things at this hotel that would basically house like mom and pop people doing you know oh i made you know a live laugh love thing or i made you know crochet or whatever and then you know there are those guys singing their coffee and uh, it was really cool to see them just constantly like being busy and selling and all that kind of stuff and uh you know, definitely one of those things, if you are a DIY kind of person, the story is very inspiring. So definitely need to get those guys back on and, and kind of catch back up with what they've been doing since we have them on the podcast. Um, maybe on maybe my, I'll
1: actually get some coffee out of it.
0: Yeah, maybe. I uh, I always end up... <laughs> <laughs> we end up giving it away or drinking it and drinking it yeah I know. I know i feel you i, I get it man
1: i'm <laughs> um, fine because you know i'm that guy that didn't ever send your corn record back so i mean you know i i i know what i did
0: hey it's just like a uh, rockin pod
1: <laughs> it's pretty much just like rockin pod oh my god <laughs> uh anyway if you would like to, keep up with enough on point, time to talk about that tonight
0: if uh you would like to keep up with our other sponsor on point pomade head over to onpointpalmade.com. use the code bsp15 and get 15 percent off your total purchase order to keep your hair and beard looking on points Last but not least, rockabilia.com. Head on over there and you will see over 500,000 items of all kinds between pop culture things, bands of so many different genres. Uh, pretty much, if you have heard of the band on this show, chances are there is something of theirs over on rockabilia.com. And the awesome thing is, is, everything is 100% officially licensed through the bands. So not only when you buy something from them are you supporting rockabilia, but you're supporting the bands that you love. And that's, and that's really important during these tough times uh, to support the bands that you love. So head on over to rockabilia.com, use our code BRUE15, get 15% off your total purchase order. And for the Brutally Speaking podcast, I am John. And I am Dan. We will talk to you all next time.